everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Barbara Barbara Britton. I hope I pronounced your last name right. Yes, you did. You did. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today, Barbara. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So, Barbara, if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. I'm a multi-published author in biblical fiction and historical fiction. Um, I've been married a long time. I have two 20-something young men, sons. I live in Wisconsin. And uh, today we're going to talk about my publishing journey and how it intersected with something I'm very proud of. And that is I'm a five-year breast cancer survivor. Wow. I truly um, admire um, you for... um being a survivor of breast cancer, um, breast cancer or any cancer for that matter is um, really common in my family. Um, So the fact that you were able to survive it, um, huge praise um, goes to you because that's not easy to um, experience, I can imagine. Yeah, it was was quite the journey I wasn't expecting. So, um, and really it all started, I was due for my yearly mammogram and let me just say to the listeners out there and people watching, do make sure you get in for your yearly mammogram and um, do those monthly breast checks because it was, um, it was a little over five years ago, I got the call to come on in. And at that time, 3D imaging was very, very new. Now I believe it's standard place in all mammography. Um, and they asked me, they said, hey, we have this new technology. It, it'll cost you about $50 extra. Would you like it? And I said, sure. And little did I know that that sure would basically save my life. So I went in and uh, it was January of 2015. I, I had my mammogram. And as I'm waiting to get cleared to leave, they said, um, we need you to come back in uh, and do some more film. And I knew that wasn't good. And after they did the additional film, they said, can you stick around? We want to do some ultrasound and something kind of showed up on your imaging. So the tech did an ultrasound and didn't find anything. The radiologist came in and he did an ultrasound and didn't find anything. They pulled a young hunky intern in to come in and do an ultrasound and he didn't find anything. And they said, um, oh, you know, it's new technology, maybe nothing, just follow up in six months. And let me tell everyone listening out there, if something shows up on your imaging, don't wait six months to come back. Really push for a biopsy because what this uh, 3D imaging had picked up was a tiny portion of a large tumor. So I was basically living with breast cancer for a long time And if it hadn't been a slow growing tumor, I may not be here today. 
So don't wait to biopsy if something comes up on your imaging. So I didn't think too much about it. Three ultrasounds, you know, it must have been a fluke. And uh, then about in March, I got my first book contract um, and I was thrilled. It was for a novel called Providence Hannah's Journey. And the theme to that book was God is in control, even in the chaos of life. And little did I know that I was going to be heading into some chaos. So as I'm working through the edits and uh, on that book, I had to go back in for my six month follow-up. And this time the, the spot on my imaging was still there and the radiologist started to panic. And I was like, why didn't you panic six months ago? So he was really pushing, you got to get in for a biopsy. You got to get in for a biopsy. So I had a, uh, something else come up. So it was September actually, before I got in for a biopsy and um, I had the biopsy done and I can still remember when they called me with the results, I was cooking dinner and I picked up the phone and they said, you have breast cancer. And it was like, I was living in a dream. Everything was like slow-mo and I'm trying not to, to burn my hamburger and, I remember picking up a pen, you know, I'm a writer, I have pens everywhere and writing everything down because I knew I probably wouldn't uh, remember what they said. And she said, don't worry, it's small. So I wrote down, it's small. And when I talked to my surgeon, they did some other, um, you know, imaging and all they could pick up was this tiny piece of this larger tumor. So it goes to show you that even though we think we have all this medical technology, that sometimes cancer and disease can fake us out. Um, so they were telling me, you know, you're kind of at level zero. It's very small. Why don't we do a lumpectomy and you'll go in for some radiation and you'll be fine. So I thought I had dodged a bullet and I was like, whew, I'm level zero. Um, and so I went in for a lumpectomy. And then about a week later, I was following up with my surgeon and he says to me, Barb, you still have cancer. There was cancer in everything we took out of your body. And I just kind of looked at him and we had done some genetic testing because I, um, we had talked earlier, um, I have a lot of different cancers on both sides of my family. And we had done some genetic testing and I turned out that I carried something called the BRCA1, which is a genetic mutation that can let breast cancer in and ovarian cancer. And uh, you have a slight increased risk of pancreatic cancer. And he's like, you know, you have this genetic mutation. You know, I really think that you should have both your breasts removed and your ovaries removed and you'll need to do the radiation, but we should talk about chemotherapy. And I looked at him and I just was like, I just started to cry. I was like, this was the worst thing. I was actually stage 2B. Cancer has like four stages, one, two, three, four. And I was actually at a stage 2B. Um, so I can remember the next day I called the hospital. I'm like, you know, I don't have any more appointments. You know, we really need to get some appointments on the book. And they said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going for survival. I'm going to have my breasts removed and my ovaries removed. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to beat this thing. So I did go in, it was December. I went in like two weeks before Christmas for six hours of surgery, um, and had my breasts and ovaries removed. 
And at that time, I decided not to reconstruct. A lot of women will have reconstruction. Um, but with my genetics, I decided that I, I didn't want to give cancer another uh, attempt at my life. Um, and if I had had um, reconstruction, it would have been like a 10 or 11 hour surgery. So it, it really is an involved surgery. So um, I, I was amazed. I got to my uh, hospital room about six o'clock on a Wednesday and I walked out of the hospital Friday morning. Um, no pain. And I went home to recuperate. And it was funny because I got home and what comes in the mail, but my galley for my first book, which is the last read through before it goes to print. So you have to find all the errors. And I'm like, God, why are you giving me this galley right when I come home from the hospital? But you know, all through this um, cancer journey, God was so faithful in that I had all this work for the publication of my first book going on, which really was a nice diversion from the cancer diagnosis and being involved with all these medical tests and so forth. So it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, but God knew I needed a diversion from the cancer. Um, and so after surgery, um, I went in and I, I had radiation for about six weeks. I didn't have to have chemotherapy because uh, I had a slow growing tumor and they can test the tumors nowadays. And you want, to be, you want to be an 18 or below on this Oncotype test. And I was a 16. So the first test I really wanted to fail and um, I didn't have to have chemotherapy. But all through this time, I really was very open. Like at my church, I asked people to pray for me. Um, I set up a meal train when I got home from the hospital because when you have cancer or some other diagnosis, sometimes people don't know what to do, but they want to help you. And so like with the meal train, people are happy to make a meal for you because they don't know how else to help. And so um, that was really a blessing. I used takethemameal.com, which makes it super easy to set up a meal train. And I just let people know what I was going through so that they could pray specifically for me um, and really just um, uphold me. And I felt the power of prayer. I felt the power of prayer getting, getting me through this because um, I had some conversations with God about, hey, you're not gonna take me home before my book comes out, are you? I've been working at this for eight years and um, yeah, praise be you didn't. Um, uh, so I have, I think seven books published now, but. Um, you know, God was faithful and he brought me through that, but um, I let people, um, I didn't suffer in silence. I, I let people come alongside me and help out and help my family. And I tell people that not to um, go the hard road alone. Please let people know what you're going through so they can offer prayer support or offer a ride to the hospital or, or bring you food or go shopping for you. And that way they can support you even if they don't know what to say um so that that was such a blessing don't don't ever suffer in silence and i know one time a leader in my church came to me and he said you know aren't you a little embarrassed telling people that you had breast cancer and i said no because i want people to pray for me and i want them to pray specifically you know i want them to pray that you know i make it through surgery and that all the cancer is gone and that the radiation is effective and i want them to be able to pray for specific things not just 
generally. So um, uh, I am now five years uh, breast cancer free. Yay, that, that's such a blessing. And um, uh, I, it, it was a storm I went through. I, also, I often talk to people um, in, in Matthew 17, there's, Jesus talks about two houses on, uh, one was built on the rock of Jesus and one was built on the sand. And the storm came and beat against them and the water rose and the one on the rock of Jesus stood tall and the other one um, just fell flat. And I tell people, you know, God got me through this and I'm, I'm healthy today and breast cancer free, but I still suffer with what I call storm damage. Anyone who's been through cancer or another major diagnosis or even another trauma in life, a lot of times they'll have some storm damage, you know, and for me, that's I wear prosthetics, you know, I, I don't have ovaries anymore. So my thermostat's all off. I get the hot flashes and, and so forth. And um, I still have to be followed up with um, in, the, in the breast cancer center and other cancer centers, just to make sure that no other cancer is coming back because of my genetics. So it's a journey and why I've gone through the worst of the storm, I still have the residual effects of going through um, a trauma in life. But uh, God was faithful, my church family was faithful, and um, I am so blessed to still be here today. Wow. Um, first off, I truly admire you so, so much, because I can't, because you took it a step further. I know many people um, approach cancer differently. Some people are against the radiation or the chemo, or they want to live their life until their last dying breath. Um, Many people approach cancer differently and you just like, no, I don't want this cancer in my system. I'm just going to eliminate every chance for it to get in. And you took something so precious, like our breast, because it's a part of the female body. It's, it, I mean, yeah. it's part of us. So <laughs> you took something so precious and your ovaries and just took them out of the equation. And I can't begin to fathom the residual effects as you mentioned obviously you let allowed in put in God's hands your decisions and I'm all for that and I support that but it's still such a drastic change that you can't take back um, but right. it's for the sake of your health so I understand that yeah and every woman needs to like um think of their own where they are in their life and be an advocate for their own health. If I was younger, I may have done reconstruction. I'd been married a long time. I was in my fifties. I was 51 when I got breast cancer. Um, and actually, you know, when I was in radiation therapy, there were women in their seventies and eighties. In fact, um, there's a friend of the family that has breast cancer now in her nineties. I can't imagine being 90 and, and, and going through radiation, but, um, Breast cancer affects women of all ages. And uh, I think one in five women gets a diagnosis. So that's why, you know, you have to know, you know, be in tune with what's best for you. If I hadn't have had a genetic mutation, I might've said, you know, we're just gonna take it out and I'll go through the radiation and, and, and leave the breast there. So it really just depends on your age, um, your genetics, your cancer history, uh, there's a lot of things that come into play when you're trying to make a health decision. So you have to do what's best for you and advocate um, for your own health. 
But, um, you know, it starts with doing the mammography and not waiting if something shows up. And then if you are going through cancer, you know, make sure people know so they can, you know, support you. And, um, you know, cancer survivors, we go through, you know, a lot of residual, um, you know, things. I mean, I can remember the first time I went for my physical with my general doctor. And of course, the nurses don't, they don't check your chart or whatever. And the the woman's like, oh, have you gotten your yearly mammogram? And it, and I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't need to do that. I'm, you know, I, I don't have my breasts anymore. And I think she was a little shocked and like, I didn't expect to get that question. And so it was a little bit of an emotional hit for me, but then the second or third year, they learned not to ask that, or I just got better at, at knowing the question was coming, but there's, you know, we all go through different things in life, whether it be you know, a, a miscarriage or like your recent diagnosis of diabetes, which changed your whole life and the way you eat and, and insulin. Um, anytime you go through something, you know, you, you just have to, um, you have to keep going, you know, and know that every new day is a blessing and a gift from God. I know now, boy, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I say, thank you, Lord, for another day, you know, and how many years did I just get up and hit the floor and keep going about my day and not really realizing what a gift every new day is. And that has really made me uh, focused on uh, just thanking God for that blessing. And also it opened my eyes to other people in church or my community or my family that are going through trauma especially cancer. And I've been able to talk to them and encourage them um, and pray for them during their cancer journeys. Wow. I'm getting emotional on this conversation because, because, um, no, it's okay. Please don't apologize. That's why I love doing this podcast. What I'm doing, it's really speaking from the heart. There's Mm -hmm. like, you can never apologize for speaking from your heart, obviously. Um, plus this cancer is common in my family. Um, as far as I know, um, everyone survived, but still, it's still, it, it affects people very, um, deeply. And obviously you would know that having gone, having to experience it. Um, so your books, you mentioned you've written a couple books. Um, Right. I, I like to write biblical fiction um, where I bring little known or lesser known Bible characters to the page. Um, I've been a Christian since the third grade, but there's some stories in the Bible that I just didn't know were in there. And some of them are really about women, women that have done wonderful things in the Bible. Um, and I've written a historical fiction book uh, that, that shows the struggles that veterans go through. And um, yeah, I, you know, I never thought I would be an author. It was something uh, God gave me a prompting to write later in life. And I had a lot of learning to do to figure out how to write a book that would be able to be published. And it took me about eight years. Um, and as I said, uh, my first one, uh, God is in control, even in the chaos of life, was a takeoff of the servant girl and the story of Naaman in Second Kings 5. So I lived that um, uh, if I'd known I was going to live the theme to my book, I might've changed it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So uh, writing is really a passion of mine um, just to, to uh, write about young Bible characters that really have a faith in God and do amazing things. Um, and inc- that can encourage us today because uh, 
I always say God has the best storylines, but people haven't changed that much in over 2000 years. We still struggle with the same um, blessings and afflictions and dysfunction. And so, uh, yeah, so writing is what I'd spend most of my time doing uh, now. And I'm just grateful I have the time to do it. Um, awesome. So how has your book um, thrived considering the season of chaos we are in with the pandemic? Um, actually, I had a couple books released right before the pandemic. And so one of them, the print edition was delayed uh, when everything shut down. But um, with people stuck at home uh, with the pandemic, a lot of people turned to reading. And so the print sales of books and e even the sales of electronic books have really skyrocketed during the pandemic because people were at home, they had time to read. Uh, and so that has been wonderful that more people are getting back to reading. And, um, you know, as an author, I, I love readers. So I'm <laughs> happy that, yeah, with people being at home and maybe having a little bit more disposable income to buy books that they actually uh, were buying uh, books. And especially I write under the Christian fiction umbrella. So um, I was glad to see that Christian fiction did well during the pandemic. Um, I didn't know. Um... Um, I know there's a lot of books and genres, but I didn't know there were such a, I don't think I ever really knew there was many books um, under the category of Christian fiction. So um, I will definitely have to look more into that and perhaps look up your book and read it as well. Cause um, I'm a Christian from the episodes you um, picked up on. So my faith is very much important to me. And I love the fact that people are seeking a higher power during this unfortunate season we are in because he's the greatest source of comfort in my opinion definitely definitely yes and uh, usually the christian fiction is put with the bibles in the religious section um and a lot of them have themes like well i write bible stories but um a lot of like the romance and the romantic suspense and the thrillers they all have a sense of uh, themes of redemption and forgiveness and the in the change god can make in your life so um, I think that's why they resonate with a lot of people that maybe, you know, during the pandemic were a little depressed or scared or dealing with anxiety is these books gave them a sense of hope, you know, that God is in control, uh, even in the chaos of life, even during the pandemic, even when everything, you know, might seem uh, that it's not going like you thought it would go, but God has a plan. And um, so I, just um, thankful that God has blessed me with five more years and I'm just grateful for every new day and that he's given me a, a passion to write. So um, yeah, so I hope, you know, uh, people will take to heart about, you know, putting their health first too. I know during the pandemic, a, a lot of testing was pushed off like mammography or uh, other testing People didn't go in and see their general physicians, but do make your health a priority and advocate for that because uh, we saw even with the pandemic, people that hadn't kept their health up, they were the hardest hit. And so, um, you know, I always, I always say this to my, my children too, because they're, you know, mid to late twenties. So they're not necessarily listening to mom all the time, but I always encourage them, you know, you know, make, make sure you get in for your physical, make sure you get into the dentist, you know, get your eyes checked. You know, it's very important to keep up 
um, with your health because uh, you don't want to lose it. Right. And I made this a point um, not too long after I got diagnosed um, and this um, shutdown started to occur. Um, you really don't understand your health as well as you think you do. So it's really important to keep it in check. I thought I understood my body pretty well, um, but then it decided to turn on me um, and I got sick and I could have turned into dust at any given moment. Um, but there was a silver lining to the um, unfortunate um, state I was in, even though I didn't know what that reason was yet. Um, God saw what was happening to me. Um, it was like, you have diabetes, there's your answer. You're not going to die. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to have a smile on my face, but that's the unfortunate truth to um, what could have happened to me. I could have died um, because I didn't know it was diabetic related at the time. But um, he gave me the answer. He gave me the solution. Your diagnosis is going to give your life more purpose. And from there, um, it pretty much launched this podcast in a way. Um, he gave my life more purpose. He wanted me to be a warrior for change. And then all of a sudden the world decided to go crazy and everything was chaotic, just like your book. And we were in a storm. Um, God helped me during my crazy storm and his love was truly revealed. So um, to be more metaphoric, because you're a writer, I'm a poet, so I get the whole emotional meaning behind words. Um, he wanted, I guess, in a way, to help me have to have me help people through this pandemic by starting this podcast. That was his answer for people in a way, or his answer to me as to how to help people during this season. So right. And if I hadn't gone through cancer and, and realized the whole ups and downs of it and having your world just totally the, the found, your worldly foundation come out from under you. I mean, God was always there with me, right. but um, now I can relate to people who are going through uh, a medical diagnosis that is scary. And um, they, they know that I understand because I've been there. And so, you know, I, that's why I do talk about my breast cancer and not keep it a secret is because um, I've been able to help other people who've had the same diagnosis or a similar diagnosis and um, just be an encouragement to them when, when they go through tough uh, medical crisis. Right. And I truly, truly admire you for sharing that. Um, be like, we all have a story and I feel it's important to share it because they can help someone and we all should be helping each other. Yeah. And women, we tend to take care of everybody else in our lives. And we need to also remember to take care of ourselves so that we can have those extra days to take, take care of our family and be a blessing to them. Right. So I do have that icebreaker question I mentioned like several minutes ago. Um, it's a fun question. Many people enjoy it. You probably already know what it is. So I might not be able to stump you like most guests, but we shall see. If you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, people pick teleporting when I say they can't fly, but it's the <laughs> exact same thing. So I have to take that option away now too. If you could have any superpower that's not flying 
or teleporting, what would it be? I don't want to know people's thoughts, but I would love to perceive people's emotion. Okay. So I would like to be able to pick up if you're if you're really anxious or if you're really angry or if you're really in love or if you're ambivalent. I would love to be able to to perceive that so that I know how to respond better and and disconnect with people better. Okay. So like an emotionalist power in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to know your thoughts, but I, I want to know how you're feeling. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. That would be a good power, a really beneficial power. So the power I would have, um, actually, I always have a go-to power, but I'm going to change it up. <laughs> it is going to be, I guess, a little silly in regards to this question, would be the power to instantly change pain or be a healer of some sort so that how I can heal the random foot pain I experienced this morning which I have no idea how on earth that occurred <laughs> so it would be the power to take away pain well that would be a good one you know if I had a silly one to pick it would be to make chocolate calorie free because I do <laughs> like chocolate but but I'll stick with my emotional perception <laughs> yes and I'll go with my um normal answer I've just picked the foot one because it randomly started hurting and I have no idea why and I told my dad it's like you're asleep you're not you're supposed to be immobile but he's like no you're not supposed to be immobile so I'm like then how did I hurt my foot I just don't get it but um onto the normal answer I would normally give and not the silly foot one because it's so odd um, I would like the power to have this podcast be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered. And there you go. That would, that would, uh, that would get your numbers astronomical. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> astronomical indeed. Take me to your podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, Barbara, this has been an awesome conversation, but we're at the end of it, unfortunately. Um, well, thank you for having me on. And I just encourage everyone to really, you know, think about your health in 2021 and, you know, women out there, especially make your health a priority. Absolutely. Do you have any social plugins to tie in where people can find your book? Are you developing a movie from your books? Give us the insight. Oh, I wish I wish there was movies. Um, <laughs> I have a website, which is just barbarambritton.com. And I'm on Twitter and Facebook is Barbara M. Britton. So if you Google my name, all my books will, will pop up and you'll see all the um, pretty ladies on my my covers so uh, but yeah if, if you like to learn about the bible in a fun way i love writing about god's word beautiful absolutely beautiful thank you again barbara for joining me today this was an well, amazing conversation thank you for having me on words at heart so <laughs> awesome to all my listeners stay healthy stay safe keep your health in check 
every single one of you, please don't take it lightly considering what's going on. Do everything you can to make sure your health, well-being, mind, body, and spirit is intact. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. It is your heart warrior, Dion, here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.